morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, July 6th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulcher. And I'm Brett Goodeman. We come to you three times a week and we try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. This coming Friday, you will want to make sure you join us as our guest will be the Reverend Emily Wilmarth, co-pastor of the First Presbyterian Church of Highlands, North Carolina. Emily is an incredibly gifted pastor and preacher and a dear friend of mine, so you won't want to miss it. But for today, let's get into our discussion about what it means to reach out in faith as followers of Jesus Christ. But let us begin with prayer. Let us pray. Jesus Christ, our world is sick. Be our doctor. Our world is tired. Be our rest. Our world is dark. Be our light. Our world is lost, be our guide. Our world is lonely, be our comfort. Amen. Amen. Today's scripture is from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 13. See if you recognize this familiar passage. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will fully know, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Tara, this has kind of been known as the wedding chapter, I think. Most of us who are married probably had this read at their wedding. And before we kind of get into discussing the text, what was the thing that went wrong at your wedding? There's always at least one. 
So I'm thinking of two things. One is that um, we did our premarital counseling with the pastor who married us. And my husband's name is Brian. He could not remember Brian's name to save his life. Like we literally going into the wedding, we're like, man, I hope he remembers your name. I mean, and we had met two, three and known him socially before that. Um, but the thing is when he pronounced his husband and wife and forgot to say that we could kiss. And so he's doing the pronouncement and I'm looking at Brian with this smile on my face going, kiss me, kiss me, you know? So that's what, what about you? You had to beg for your yes, new group yes. to kiss you. Um, when Allie and I got married uh, in a house uh, or in the backyard of, of a really big, beautiful home, and our flower girl was getting ready with, with the women in uh, the room, one of the bedrooms, and little unbeknownst to her, there was a cat hiding under the bed, Whoa. and she was allergic to cats. Oh, no. So through our entire wedding, she's up front just sneezing. Oh. <laughs> it was hilarious and perhaps my favorite part of our wedding. That's so funny. I love it. Um, Cute. But as, as we said, though it is known as the wedding chapter, it's, it wasn't written for a couple. It was written for the church. So how does that... Uh, Understanding that context of love influence what we understand about love both in the church and even in our relationships today. So as you know, the context of this is that the people in that church in Corinth were arguing about who had the best spiritual gift, right? If I can speak in tongues, I'm better than someone who can preach or teach or blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, you can have, I love this, right? Because Paul is saying you can have all the gifts you want. But unless you love people, you really have nothing. Hmm. And um, I think I have probably experienced, none are coming to mind, but like truly gifted people who weren't very loving. Mm -hmm. And that was a barrier for me to even listen or open myself to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if we do this in the contemporary church now. Sometimes I think we do it in terms of church officers Mm -hmm. Right. There are some churches where they believe being the clerk of session or being on session makes them very important. And, you know, uh, we believe in servant leadership. Mm -hmm. So that should be the people who are doing the dirty work and the hard work. What do you think? Yeah, it, well, I'm going through a uh, book group with some friends and we're reading uh, Dostoevsky's Brothers Karamazov. And there's two, two of the brothers and one of the brothers, Ivan, is brilliant this is this is kind of an example to your point of one of the brothers Ivan is brilliant he can kind of pick apart any argument he can make an argument for God against God uh, the the dude is as smart as it can be um, he's introduced as he writes this paper on ecclesial courts and people for ecclesial courts love it and people against the ecclesial courts love it because they both think he's arguing their point but he's really just making fun of all of them yeah uh, and he kind of, as a character throughout the story, disintegrates as opposed to his brother Alyosha, who there is nothing really spectacular about him, and there's really no even great act or movement of love that he does through the entire novel. It's just his ability to exist with people in love wherever they're at, and whatever suffering and whatever pride and whatever... Uh, station that they're at in their life he enters into that life in full love with them and i think that that's 
what it means to be reaching out in faith in the church is the community around you, uh, regardless if you um, think that they're right or they're wrong, it's it's entering into life with them. Uh, and I think that with, without judgment, without fear, and that is love to a, the highest degree. You know, you mentioned that this is often read at weddings. I read it at almost every funeral mm. because I want the family to know the part about love never ends. Hmm. I have been marked by the gracious love of people in my life and it will never end. I could not change it if I wanted to. And so for me, this is really, um, it's really a funeral text about people who have loved well and left their fingerprints all over this family who are in turn going to go and love well too. And I think that is also, as we talk about the individual and we talk about the community, that is an incredible example of there are churches who have loved so well that some of them have closed their doors, yes. um, but they still have impacted their community and raised their community uh, with the love that came from God that they poured out into their community that still exists in, in many places. I've told you this before, but I have a friend who was a new church development pastor and Part of her fundraising was there was a church in that same community that was dying and they had 10, 15 members and they had, but they still had some assets. And so they made a decision that they were going to close the doors, sell everything and give it. They were going to birth this new church. Hmm. They were going to die so that something else could live. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the most beautiful um, thing. And I hope that when it's my turn to do the hard thing, I recognize it. Yeah. Um, that's my hope. Yeah. Cause that love, it takes an awareness and a recognition in order to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to end with a quote by that great lover of people, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. He said, love isn't a state of perfect caring. It's an active noun, like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is, right here and now. Amen. I could listen to that man talk forever. All day. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us today. If you enjoyed our quote today and want to read it again, you can go to rocketcitylift.com, where we have cited and put up all quotes. Now, may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen. Amen.